I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following podcast may contain language that is inappropriate for baby goats. This episode also has mentions of suicide. Please listen responsibly. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're talking about chapter 10 of Daja's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. Let's grow some roots. Chapter 10 of Dodge's book. What happens in chapter 10? They plant a tree and then they go fuck up nature. Daja is preparing to take her tree to the traders. She gives it another going over and then Briar comes and gives it a going over and he's like, Something's wrong. Your tree needs roots and also a pot. So Rosethorn gives Daja some money and they go find a potter and they buy a pot and they plant the tree with a bunch of iron shavings so that it can grow some roots. They also notice at this point that the tree looks like a cyclone. Or a yarn. Or yarn. Triss and Daja and Briar, along with Nico and Frostpine, go with their magical selves back into the hot springs to figure out how they got to the glacier to see if they can bring some heat up from the hot springs to melt some of the ice in the glacier in order to end the drought. And it's really hot and frost pine helps protect Daja and Briar from burning. They guess. And Daja makes the final trade with Polyam and she gets two gold majas and two or three gold astrals, I believe. Polyam brings it in this fancy-ass velvet-lined box, and she pulls the coins out one by one, and Daja says, I am satisfied, even though she's not, because what she really wants out of this interaction is being able to talk to traders. So Briar, of course, takes the money, and he tries to give it to her, and she's like, meh. So he's like, uh, I guess I'll give it to Lark. It specifically states that he hesitates, and I love that. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of money for a street rat. 
Also, those it things is. are huge. Like, it specifically states that the gold majas are three inches in diameter. Like, yeah, they're huge. Big ass coins. Polyam also tells Daja, you should keep the box because they're probably just going to destroy it if I take it back. And it's really nice box. Also, I put a brick of trader tea in it for you. Something, something. And Daja says, I would like to help Polyam take the tree back and ride with the caravan a little bit on their way out of town. The adults sort of reluctantly agree to this. And right after all of this happens, Lady Anolia shows up and says, has invited all of you to some fancy dinner up on her tower so that her pet mage can show off. She sneers at Polyam and Daja's like, I'm so sorry I can't attend. I'm going to be helping Polyam so-and-so of this caravan of traitors. Seems to have learned a thing or two from Sandry. Yes. Oh, hey, it's a thing I don't want to do. Fuck you. I'm going to do something else. (laughs) And also, just the way she delivers this is like polite sort of tone that's also sort of sneering back at Lady Anolia. Like, Lady Polyam is my friend. She helps Polyam take the tree back, and all the traders are staring at her because she's Trungshi. And Polyam's like, what y'all staring at? Ain't you seen a Trungshi before? And they're all like, whoops, uh, we're going to go back to what we were doing. We're just going to fuck off now. (laughs) And Polyam and Zaja talk about the rules of ignoring Trungshi and about how because both of them grew up with this, they always thought it was right. But now that they have seen the other side of it in their own ways, they think that maybe it's not so right after all. Daja settles on Polyam's cart with her and the trader caravan prepares to leave. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked about the chapter. What did y'all like and dislike about this chapter? Just as an overall like, I really love the descriptions of this chapter. The way that it flows is just beautiful. The first half of it, where they're planting the tree, is just beautifully written. It's in-depth without being tedious. Everybody's planted something into a pot before. We all know how this goes. But it doesn't feel tedious. It doesn't feel like a... I can't remember exactly the phrase that my friend used once, but it's not just a push for words. It doesn't feel like it's just there to be there and take up space. It feels like a bit of a nice breather for everything that's been going on and kind of the internal struggle, especially that Daja's having. It's like a nice little, she gets to just do something to do it. And then of course the descriptions with them going through the ground, going through the lava, that whole descriptive scene is just beautiful. And them exploring it's just, 
I always love stuff like that, though, because it's a nice touch of world building as well as taking something that could be just summed up in like three sentences and giving it an opportunity to really shine and come across as something more important than what it probably is because it could just be summed up with and then they did this and left it that but it's a full-on description and it is important it is important for the setting the situation what's going on but it kind of pulls the gravity of the situation into something that could have just been skipped over because they didn't really do anything amazing in those moments. But it doesn't feel tedious. It feels... I felt like it gave the chapter a bit more substance. Yes, that's the, the thing I'm trying... Thank you, Goodwin, for your pretty words, because mine are not working today. And then, of course, with the conversation of Polyam and Daja, like... That conversation always kind of sticks out to me every time I've read this book. I love that conversation a lot where they're like, this is how we were raised. This is what we always thought was right. And now it might not be. This might just be a cultural thing that isn't really right. Specifics now. Nails. Nails are mentioned again in this chapter. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. And um, nails. Nails. The conversation with Briar and Daja where they're like, it needs to be treated like an actual plant. I do like how Daja kind of describes her predictions for how the tree is going to like temper down. Right now, it's just super young and super lively. But the iron nature should take over in a month, it says. And it's just like, I, I love that. She's like, this is how the metal is. This is how it reacts. This is what should happen. I'm just like, world building. <laughs> Give me more inanimate objects with personalities, please. And then, of course, the medicine scene. I think we talked a little bit about that when we did the reading for this chapter was just Tris being sneaky. Also, just a quote that I really like. If we are to join her ladyship and her pet pet mage. I think that's funny. Pet mage. <laughs> True. Yeah. I said this before you got on to the call. Reading this book, rereading this book as an adult and reading in depth the way we have been, I feel like I'm seeing Tamara Pierce really come into her own as a writer. Yeah. Because I loved the first two books, but this one, just the descriptions are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. There was, what, two chapters ago, or was it the last chapter? I don't know. We had that, we had that amazing, like, four-page description of Sandry weaving. Where it yes. So beautiful. All this, this beautiful explanation of her friends and how she sees them. And it really shows you what a family they've become. And then she continues that familial feeling with the end of that chapter with just all of those cute little interactions. And you just slammed with, oh my gosh, all of these feelings. The same in this chapter. There are these beautiful descriptions and the way people are interacting. I love when Briar comes in 
and tells Daja, like, I think something's wrong with the plant. And she's like, oh, man, why has it not occurred to me to ask Briar and Rosethorn for advice? Because even though this is metal, it is also a plant. And he, like, subtly nods toward it or something. He doesn't say a word. He just gestures. And she immediately knows he wants to look at it. And she trusts him and steps aside and lets him go over the plant as well. And I just love that this interaction between them is so tiny. They know each other so well that he doesn't have to say a thing. And she knows exactly what he's asking. Again, just a lot of the little bits with how much of a family they've been become. You have the way Rose Thorn gives Daja the money and she's like, oh, I'll pay you back. And Rose Thorn says, no, 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 don't worry about it. There's just such a, a motherly feeling in that she has become responsible for these children this purchase is in a sense part of that responsibility if you have a kid who is making a piece of art and selling it in an art show and you realize it needs a frame or something you're probably not going to make your kid go out and buy the frame themselves because you're trying to support them and encourage them in what they're doing when Frostpine comes and joins them when they're going to the glacier and takes Daja's hand, the comfort that Daja feels, it's just, oh, I know that I will be safe with Frostpine. Just, there are so many beautiful little moments in this chapter. It's just so fantastic. And yeah. especially with how it ties all in together. This book in general has given more interactions with the kids with people who aren't directly their teacher so yeah. like we do see more rose thorn and daja there's a couple of scenes with briar and frost pine nico and briar i'm still my favorite i just excuse my motherfucker what did you just say to me i love that you get more interaction with the group as a whole, not just as in just the four kids or the There's kids the, and their teachers. Yeah. Get a better sense for them as a whole yeah. in this book. But I, I do the whole thing with Frost Pine and Daja is just so fucking cute. <laughs> Everything that they have is just fucking cute, I think. Frostpine's just an amazing human being. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I want a frostbite. I had him as a teacher, yeah. Because we also saw that with the kindness that he showed Sandry when she's asleep and he's like, oh. You did a giant's work. (laughs) I've had this argument with my roommate because she likes having serialized plot lines in TV shows and I do not give a shit about the serialized plot line if I have good characters And that's how I feel about this book. Like, it does have an overarching plotline, but I couldn't care less because the character work is so beautiful. Yeah. World building is so fantastic. I feel like I am with these people. And that's just amazing. On the note of world building, my big thing that I really liked in this was when Daja goes with Polyam to the trader caravan and it talks about how everyone's all decorated with blue and there's 
blue pom-poms and flags and like the little kids have bracelets and anklets of bells and and bell earrings and it's all about good luck it's like one paragraph but this beautiful description and the world thing that she infuses in here what i really love about it is specifically we have blue and we've previously seen specifically yellow within trader culture because polyam when she went through the kunsuanen ceremony was painted yellow and we see her cart was painted yellow her donkey has yellow pom-poms all over it which makes her really stand out from everybody else who has blue and the mimanders the trader mages also are usually dressed in yellow And so I get this sense that there is a strong color symbolism within their culture. And I want to know more about it. (laughs) Yeah. What does red mean? What is black? Like, well, we know what red means. Red red is a symbol for death. And so now I want to know, are there, are there other colors that are symbolic and how are they symbolic? And please, please give me the book of traitor religion. (laughs) Yes. The other thing that I really liked was from our excerpt from last week, which is where Tris tells Nico that the medicine tastes like mangoes. Yeah, and, I might have been thinking of something else. And it really, really doesn't. I can't swallow pills very well. So all through my childhood, like all my life, if I have a pill that's bigger than a Claritin, I have to chew it. Medicine is nasty. End of story. Yes. So I very much relate <laughs> to Tris and Nico's predicament. Again, that moment between Tris and Nico is just another little character moment yeah. that shows how they have developed as this family, especially because of the way she describes Tris's response. Because Nico's like, that tastes nothing like mangoes. And Tris is just, oh, I uh, must have been thinking of some other syrup. Whoops. Oops. My bad. Completely and, straight-faced. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. absolute, like, sassiness in that moment. That's not something we would have seen from Tris two books ago. No. And I definitely feel like living with Sandry and Daja and Briar has rubbed off on her. I don't know which one really gave her the ability to do that, but... There's a little side note I'm going to make here. And it actually does have a lot to do with Tris. There was a study done and it takes, I want to say something about sevens. It's always sevens, it seems. But it's like seven years to go through a personality change. If you get out of a traumatic situation, it takes a long period of time before you are yourself again. But like you start coming back throughout that. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening here is... Tris has been in these situations where she's not allowed to be herself. That could actually be just her finally being comfortable and able to be like, oh, I can be myself around these people. And so I feel like with her being out of the bullshit trauma that she's grown up with, that her finally being able to take these steps into being who she's supposed to be these little interactions like that it gives a good inkling of what her character should be and we've seen that a couple times in this book now yeah i feel like we actually uh touched on a lot of these already but yeah tris just absolutely goofing 
on Nico with the medicine. Yes. Pretty, pretty great. Briar not wanting to hear Nico complain when they're out at the uh, glacier looking for the uh, potential lava escape routes. Nico's like, I don't know if we can do this. Like, eh, we might be able to do it, but it's pretty sketchy. And, and Briar's just like, I don't, I don't want to hear this. I, I don't care. Why, why, why'd you bring us out here if you didn't think we'd be able to do it? And he's like, I'm, I'm tired of hearing him complain. And it's like, he's just so sassy. <laughs> Nico clearly has an idea and he, he might get to it, but Briar's just like, this is taking too long. I don't care. Please stop. <laughs> you take too long. Stop. <laughs> Which is hilarious to hear him say about Nico, I think. I really liked the description of the gold coins. Also, some more world building. The the big golden majas have the Dukes of Emelon, which, you know, makes sense. It's kind of like how our coins are. you got old presidents or whatever. Uh, and on the other side, it has the description of Summer Sea Harbor, which was, a, I thought, a super cool throwback to uh, the second book. Because we know exactly what that looks like from the descriptions from <laughs> Triss's book. So I was like, ah, I know what that looks like. That's the thing that blew up. So they might have to update their coins at some point. <laughs> <laughs> might need to work on that. Yeah. And uh, the last one that I liked was also just the world building of the caravan, the trader caravan. It could have just been like, oh, there's a bunch of wagons and there are horses and there are traders there. And they're, they're going to fuck off somewhere. But it was very in-depth. It was only, I think, two pages, maybe the whole description, maybe a page and a half or something of the caravan. But it really shows you how lively and different that culture is compared to most of Emelon, I think. You know, very, very brightly colored, noisy, very different, like how Molly was saying. It'd be cool to get a book talking more specifically about trader culture in general. I think that'd be super cool. Yeah. I was going to say, the descriptions almost make me think of the Romani caravans. Typically, how brightly colored the Romani caravans are. And how they are just one huge family and they move like that. That is how they move. And it's beautiful to see something like that taken and put into a fantasy setting... And this is something that actually, like, real life happens. It's super cool to me. But it's definitely obvious from someone who kind of knows that culture that there are a lot of reference points pulled out of the Romani culture. I think it's neat. I think that's neat. <laughs> yeah, something that just kind of struck me is the fact that when you think of a trader caravan, you think of something pretty bare bones, kind of doing it for just monetary value kind of thing. They're not spending a ton of money on frivolous things or just kind of out there trying to make money and, and get back home at some point. But clearly traders are different from that. They put their personal touches on, on their stuff and seem to have more fun with it. And it's their way of life. Super cool. Super cool. Super cool. Love to see it. The interaction between Daja and Frostpine, we've already touched on this, when she's like, won't the lava melt you? And he's like, it can try. I just love Frostpine's confidence. <laughs> I aspire yeah. to be Frostpine in everything that I do. Like, it can try. I got this. I'm awesome. When they're in 
the spirit world or mind world or whatever they call it, and they're in the lava, Frostpine tells Ryer and Daja to get behind his shield. And he tells Daja, remind me when things are quiet to teach you how to do this for yourself. If he's waiting till everything's quiet, it's never going to happen. Because <laughs> the first book, there's an earthquake. Second book, there's pirates. And this book, it's leading up to a fire, I'm sure, or glacier melting or a volcano. There's three different things that could possibly happen. I personally feel like it's a fire. And then I already know that the next book, there's a plague. So if he's waiting for it to be calm, it's never going to happen because <laughs> shit is always hitting the fan. But I do think there's an interesting contrast there between Frostpine saying, remind me, I will teach you how to do this. Versus the way Nico, quote unquote, teaches Tris to do magic in Tris's book. And I know that we argued and debated about that one, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, this one's a dislike when Lady Anolia shows up and she's like, oh, I'm inviting Lady Sanderlene and the mages. Oh, and of course, the little pupils. Like, bitch, back up. And then just glancing at Polyamma. I know you're anxious to be on your way. Can't you see that they're doing business here? Shut your face. No one asked you to come down here. Send, go away. I don't like her. She's stupid. Don't like her. But how do you really feel about her? Yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts on Lady Anolia, but I'm going to cover them in the next episode. So Yes. Okay. Goodwin already covered the... The caravans, I like the descriptions of all the different things that they do to, like, keep demons away and the different things that they wore. One part that really stood out to me in all those descriptions of what they do, though, is the part where they said, The babies wore blue strings on their wrists, and every child under the age of two wore tiny golden bell earrings. I know with Malia, when she was a baby... Anyway, she wore a little red bracelet with a little eyeball on it to keep Oho away. I don't know if... Yeah, um, to keep away the evil eye. Mm -hmm. To keep away the evil eye. I don't know a whole lot about it since I'm not Hispanic, but it's something that Stephen wanted. So um, we had to keep away the evil eye and Malia wore a little bracelet. And so that reminded me of that. Seems like the color blue has some sort of maybe protective meaning for their for, for trader for that trader culture yeah yeah i know for malia hers was a red bracelet a red bracelet with a little eye on it i don't know if red has significance or if it was just the eyeball i don't know but it just reminded me of that my last one was the last sentence of this chapter where it says for a brief brief moment at least Daja Kisobo was a traitor again and it was very bittersweet and sad yeah and, oh my heart was just breaking for her like chapter endings are just on yeah. point yeah again they're fantastic Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did y'all find in this chapter? The one that I found, I guess it was only for like half of the chapter because the first half was Nico and all them going to the glacier but mine was basically a bittersweet goodbye to your past because Daja doesn't know if she's gonna get to interact with the traders again the traders are saying that she's they're gonna stop every now and again to try to do business with her but it's not gonna be the same as this I feel it's just gonna be more professional probably going back and forth strictly business Strictly business. And this, she actually got to interact with Polyam and feel like a traitor again, um, even if it was for a short moment. Um, so Daja knows that she's going to have to say goodbye to this. In the first two books, she thought it was gone for real. And then now she got a small taste of it again. And now she has to say goodbye to it again. It's like going through the whole thing a second time. She was over it, and now she had to go through it yet again. And I'm sure the second time is will be even harder. 
Yeah, no, that's rough. I mean, yeah. like you said, it's kind of reopening old wounds. <laughs> exactly. I feel like a good comparison for this is like when you lose a loved one, you go through your mourning period and you come to terms with, okay, this is just how it is. I have to live my life without them now. And then you hear a song or you see a picture or you watch a movie and it hits you all over again. I know that was me last night. I was looking through. I'm going to start crying. Hold on. (laughs) I was looking through my Snapchat memories. And three years ago, we had that really, really big dinner at Robbie's house. And so... Jeremiah was there and Eric was there and Miss Ellie was there and I like I just started crying. <laughs> it's like reliving that trauma in small doses. Yeah. And you never quite know what it's gonna be that's gonna set it off. Sorry, I put in feeling <laughs> that was disgusting. I thought I got that out of my system last night. Uh <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it, it is. It is hard to kind of go, okay, well, I've got a taste of this back, but now I have to put it away again. I have to take all of the stuff that I let come out and put it back in the box and put the box away. I know we've all had experiences like that where we've either lost someone or something so important to us. And then like, it's like having to lose it all over again it is and that is a I I feel a very good theme to find in that latter half is that trying to let go and put that logical this has to end the weight of the logical this is ending this has to end and that emotional of but I don't want it to yeah that's a I wouldn't have put those two together if you hadn't have said that. So thank you, Brittany. <laughs> Welcome. That was really good. More crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, since we're feeling all the feels. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> I basically already talked about all the things that my theme. But my theme is hair. Because of all of the family and love and everything that is shown in this story, in this chapter, we have Daja and Briar caring for the tree. And again, the way they communicate without having to really say much at all. We have Rose Thorne giving Daja the money and not expecting payment, not needing payment. Ross Prine telling Daja that he will take care of her and the way Daja feels when he takes her hand knowing I will be safe with Ross Prine there. And then, of course, him actually doing that with creating the shield to protect him or to protect her and Briar. When they get back, Lark is taking care of Shriek because Tris has been on this thing. So Lark is contributing to you have had other things you've had to take care of. So I'm going to help you out by doing this for you. The way Daja and Polyam both stand up for each other again and again and again. They've been rivals from the beginning of the story. But I love how by the end they have developed this relationship. And when Lady Anolia 
speaks kind of scornfully toward Polyam and says, I know you're eager to get on your way. Like, Jushu, get out of my way. I don't need traitors around. Daja stands up for her and says, well, I'm going to be accompanying official title here. So you can go fuck yourself. Then Polyam has snuck out traitor tea because this is not something that they actually bargain with. But she knows how important this is for Daja. And when they actually get to the caravan, Daja helps put the tree into Polyam's cart and tie it down so it won't move around. And when she gets into the cart, it notes that what Daja is doing is something she knows will be physically difficult for Polyam because of her leg. As she's doing this, everybody's staring at her and Polyam just turns around and says, what the fuck are you all staring at? So just again and again and again on every single page, there's just some little moment of people caring for each other. And especially right now, that's such a wonderful, lovely thing to read. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need more of that anyways, but like you said, it is especially important right now. I know that I started this with the whole, the ancient say, love yourself because no one else is going to. But I feel like in addition to that is love others because no one else is going to. There needs to be a lot more love in the world. And I like this is coming from the super angry, volatile human man child. Um. (laughs) I was going to say this is funny coming from you, Indy. (laughs) I do feel like that needs to be a thing. Oh, my. Okay, so on my brotherhood rewatch Roy's conversation with Hughes has been sticking out to me more and more and more every time I watch it and it has stuck with me so hard this time around I might not be much but I can take care of the people around me and then those people take care of the people around them and then turn they will do the same for the people around them and that's the least we little humans can do. Mm. I, I feel like that's, that is it. We need to care for ours and they need to care for theirs. And if we just make people feel loved and understood and accepted, even if we genuinely just disagree with whatever the fuck they have to say, I love you despite the fact that you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> This is an actual conversation I had with my biological mother the other day, by the way. I love you. I disagree with you. Those are two separate statements. (laughs) They do not affect each other. I love you and I disagree with you. But I do not love you less because I disagree with you. And I do not disagree with you less because I love you. Those are two separate sentences. Ultimately, I think that's something that we need to learn as a whole is to love others despite that they're idiots. Yeah. Love <laughs> each other, goddammit. It's not that hard. Just fucking just, do it. Just do it. Accept the person next to you as a human fucking being and has feelings and has their own bullshit trauma and stop being absorbed in your own long enough to go, I love you. I disagree with you. I think you're an idiot. But those are three very different 
statements said <laughs> together. <laughs> That's a very Briar thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see Briar, like, looking at someone and saying, I love you. I disagree with you. You're an idiot. I but see Truth saying that as well. Those three sentences have nothing to do with the others. But those are all three true statements. So the theme that I found reading this was putting down roots. And I feel like it really had a lot to do with both the Iron Tree and Daja. They're both in very similar situations. They kind of took me a little bit to realize this. But the tree is trying needs to put down roots. It's a tree. It needs nutrients to grow. And it needs something to support it from the bottom. Because without proper support, it can't grow. That's just how trees are, even if they're magical iron trees that were made with magic. Daja is also kind of like the tree without any roots. She had roots with her family and, and trader culture. And, you know, she was in it. And she lost that. Suddenly, horrifically, painfully, and... Even her connection to her culture was was severed. Now she is trying to put down roots. She has made all these friends, and they're basically her family now. The entirety of Winding Circle. Coming here, traveling out to, to the valley and meeting these traders again is reminding her of what she had. Now she's kind of at a, I almost want to say like a crossroads. She can either set down her roots with what she had before in her culture, or at least attempt to, and her finally being able to kind of settle down and make Winding Temple not just her home, but a part of her. When she's able to kind of let go of the trader culture and, you know, like we said, kind of move past from what she's feeling that she wants again, she will become a stronger person and have that support that she needs to continue growing. Her and the tree are basically the same. They, they both need that support from the roots to be able to grow. Look at you throwing me a botany references in there. For, for the tree for people, the tree out, people there. out there. <laughs> it just makes me think of like when you do uh, cuttings, um, especially of trees and stuff. There's one tree specifically that I'm thinking of, but this goes for a lot of different types of trees, is if they are of the same species, but they are two different types of trees, you can actually do a cutting and have them grow together. So like if you have, I don't know, an orange tree and a lemon tree, you can basically go, I'm going to scrape off a little bark here, a little bark here, and tie you together. And they will grow together as two separate trees, but as one tree. It's really cool. Like, this, just this concept. And that's kind of what this actually makes me think of, is she's a cutting that hasn't gotten used to the new tree. There is a chance of rejection, so you could try and do this even if everything goes according to plan you still have the likelihood of a rejection where one the other or both will die it just doesn't take with these four is they've all been kind of grafted onto this master tree and 
the one who's taken to it best, I feel, is Triss. She's just kind of taken to this new tree and is like, hmm, well, I guess this is mine now. <laughs> you see instances of Briar flirting with his old life. Sandry's constantly being drugged back and forth between the life she has now and the life she was born into. Daja didn't really get a choice. She had nothing else. And so they're like, oh, well, we're just going to stick her on here, too, because of the fact that her separation was so much rougher than everybody else's. I don't want to say that anyone's pain is less, but Sandry still had other noble relatives to go to. Briar needed a way out. That was a welcomed way out for what his future had. And Triss Ultimately, this is the best place she could have wound up. Daja didn't have a fallback. And so with her being grafted onto this tree, there's no tissues or anything of what's left of her main tree, like her heritage, her family, all gone. And so it's like taking this wimpy little, like, already half-dead cutting it's sticking it to the tree and going magically be well yeah it feels kind of like that rejection phenomenon that happens sometimes with cuttings it feels like she does have the hardest time of differentiating between so i feel like what- the other three kind of wanted to leave their situations Daja mm-hmm. didn't want to leave she still no. wants to be there yeah, she's not allowed to be. I feel that everybody else kind of lost their fam. They lost at least part of their family, for better or worse. But Daja also lost her heritage and culture. Basically. Everything. Everything yeah. that she knows Everything. about herself. She's at that turning point of having to make a very tough decision. Letting it all go is hard. And something we see, especially about traders in general, is that it, they're very ceremonious people. They have a big showy ceremony for everything. I feel bad for her. I just want to hug her. Yeah. What a good chapter. It is a good chapter. It's a really good chapter. It really is. <sighs> Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I have two parts highlighted. And they're the same color. I'm not entirely sure what past me was thinking. But I may have two things (laughs) that I have taken out of this. The part where they're starting to part ways may your road be easy and your profits great was one of those things that i highlighted and the other one was so we both learned something and who knows maybe it was something we needed to learn i'm not sure what past me was thinking because i didn't write it down so i'm going to assume that past me said they're two different things with the first one the may your road be easy and your profits great I think that that is such a fantastic way of parting with someone. It's that 
wishing somebody well, even if that's the end of your time with them. So, like, it's that wishing kindness into the world. Because this is the last time that they're going to see Polyam for who knows how long or if they're going to even deal with her specifically again. So it's a wish well, even on people that you're never going to see again. Ending on good terms isn't always possible. It never is. But even the rockiest of relationships need to be ended with that kind of grace of I wish you well even if I'm no longer a part of this and I've been going through some personal stuff and that's definitely hitting right on what I needed to hear for that situation but the other one is the and so we both learned something and who knows maybe it was something we needed to learn I am not a believer of everything happens for a reason. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes there's not a lesson to learn. But I definitely feel like ultimately that in of itself should be a lesson. God, that Okay, my brain just went real dark there. Because <laughs> I was going to say a lesson in the futility of human nature. But no, so like even if something happens your life takes a turn or somebody says something and you go, huh, I never thought of that. And you learn something from that situation or that conversation or whatever it is. I'm a firm believer of what you are given is what you need. So like if you need a, I'm just going to go ahead and say this because he's not in here and he can't hold it against me. I was real rough, real rough before I got Sebastian. Like, I didn't think that I was going to make it. That was kind of the end of my road. I'm done. This is it. And then I got my cat. And I wasn't going to get that cat. I was going to get Maleficent. And I was going to love that cat. And that was going to be my cat. And she was beautiful. And this little squeaky bastard fucking charges the cage, throws both of his front paws up and just goes, eh. <laughs> you know what? I'll take him too. <laughs> and I wanted a cat, but I didn't realize I needed a new reason to live. And that's what I got in my cat. I wanted a cat. but I got something that I didn't know I needed from this cat. If we look at more situations like that, where you come across something or you're given something or you lose something and you go, there's something in this that I needed that I didn't know I needed but I needed. It might take you some time to figure out what it is, but I feel like if more people looked at it, less like, oh, if I'm a good person, good things happen, or if I'm a bad person, bad things will happen. If we look at it more of, okay, this situation has given me this, or I have lost this, 
I think that we'd be better off as just people, not putting so much weight on negative and positive in these kind of interactions and situations. We lost a cat. That sucks. There's nothing good about that. But in four months, we could get a kitten that actually loves Barb and will let Barb just barb all over that little kitten's face. <laughs> there might be something going on right now where you're like, oh, this is a shit situation. But what good could eventually come out of this? I was actually talking about this with somebody else this morning about how I moved to Arkansas temporarily expecting to move back to Albuquerque. But my future roommate lost his job and and wasn't going to be able to move in with me. And when I moved here, I shared a car with my parents. I lived out in the middle of nowhere. I had a shit job working at Subway. I had no, no social life to speak of. And I was super depressed and wanted to kill myself. And then I called a friend of mine who was living in Albuquerque, talked to them for a while. They helped me like figure out, okay, what are some steps I can take to build the kind of social support here that I had when I was living in Albuquerque. And that is how I discovered Galaxy Games. Which is how I met Chris, which is how I met all of you. So going through that period of depression was horrific, but something good came out of it. That always reminds me of Daja. Your quote is actually the same one that I latched onto. Uh, same. And, and then the other one that I latched onto was... When Lark turns to Triss and says, who'd have thought you would learn so much traitor talk on this trip? And so my magic is about not letting yourself stay insulated. Triss has lived this very insulated life, despite the fact that she has been passed from family member to family member to family member. She's always stayed within this insulated merchant culture that's very much affected her worldview. And until she ended up at Winding Circle, she never got a broader picture. And Polyam and Daja in their conversation at the end reflects the same sort of thing. Living as traders, they also had insulated lives. And because Daja was thrust out of it and because Polyam has ended up having to interact with Daja in order to make this trade, they have suddenly had the chance to broaden their worldview. And it's very much changed their understanding of the way the world works, of other people and how we treat them. And so I guess my magic is to let yourself be taken out of that insulated life and to let yourself end up in those uncomfortable situations with people who you don't know, who have different points of view, who come from different cultures, different countries, and let yourself learn from them and learn from that experience. 
my passage was the same as Natalie's, but more of expanding on it. Mine started at the point of, and now you wonder if you aren't more right and are people more wrong, asked Pollyam. Daja hesitated and nodded. So we both learned something, Pollyam told her, and who knows, maybe it's something we need to learn. So I know on several other episodes, I've talked about how my views have changed since growing up, living in my parents' house. And I feel like I've experienced this, seeing that the people that I grew up with were wrong. And I feel like my views are more right now, I guess. And I want to continue to grow, I guess. People always need to grow. Just because my views have changed drastically already doesn't mean that they're where they need to be already. I need to continuously to change. There's always new stuff to learn. Exactly. Humans were not meant to be isolated creatures. We are supposed to interact with others and we're supposed to take other people's life's lessons for material to grow on in our own lives. It comes again and again and again in human history. We band together in cities or in towns or villages or something. And we have these people, you have some instances where they're like crazy hive mind, like very, they all have the exact same thought process, the exact same like lifestyle, but you have a lot more instances of coming across different people with different backgrounds and different thought processes, different religions. I mean, just different cultures in general. And humans are not meant to be sedentary creatures. We are supposed to be interacting with each other on a, I don't want to say a bigger level than what we are right now. I mean, hell, we're interacting with people globally right now. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, you talk about things that just blows my mind. I can talk to my friend in New York and my friend in Vegas and my friend in the UK. We are meant to constantly be expanding upon ourselves and helping expand others. And I think that conversation between Polyam and Daja, I think is just something that needs to be kind of recognized more. Not necessarily that the way that you grew up is wrong and that the beliefs that these people had are wrong, but they aren't right for you. Yeah. They don't fit with you. So therefore they're right for them. And I feel like people are constantly changing. Like my viewpoints now, I might not have those viewpoints 20, 50 years from now. Yeah, we need to constantly change and I want to constantly do that. I don't want to stay in the same rut. I want to gain more experiences with other people and be like, oh, you know what? Your viewpoints, I feel I should incorporate those into my own beliefs as well and just continuously grow from that. Not to get too political. (laughs) I know that there have been like people say like, oh, bringing up the past of somebody and like, oh, this person said this like 30 years ago. People can't change their minds about what they believed back then. So you have to bring that up 
from 30 years ago. Okay, yeah, they said it then, but do they believe that now? I don't know. People change over time. It's a weird concept, I know. <laughs> People can change just, their opinions? Right? It's so, so weird. You, you just made me think of, I love Jenna Marbles. I think Jenna Marbles is hilarious. And she was one of the first YouTubers I ever like dedicatedly watched. Every time she uploaded something, Same. I watched it. Mm-hmm. I love Jenna Marbles. And a couple of months ago, she uh, just kind of quietly privated a lot of her old stuff. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then she was like so and someone finally was like hey dude what's going on and she's like you know i've been on this platform for a decade i've been on here forever this is it's been a long time and i put out some content that looking back on today i'm like i think nothing like that now yeah and she's like i don't want someone to come in seeing that and expecting my viewpoints to be the same on some of this stuff and she's like i didn't want to make a big deal out of it i didn't want to like announce to everybody because everybody's doing that and i just wanted to privately and quietly take this all down it's not a erasing the past it's i no longer feel comfortable having this kind of view on my page so that, that I, no longer defines her yeah and so it just that, that's that's what i think of as like stuff like that where people are like i thought this way i have recently changed my opinions on that to the complete and polar opposite sorry Ooh. not sorry there you go this is me saying it yeah my personal magic which is nowhere near as in-depth and uh, heartfelt and interesting as any of yours. <laughs> um, it's still great. It's actually pretty similar to where you guys were at. Mine was uh, to let people know when you're wrong. Mm. I kind of have this habit of I, I can accept when I'm wrong. Like I'm not too proud to say, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, like that's the thing I'm capable of doing. I'm not one of those people that's always like super stubborn and I can't change my mind even if I'm proven wrong or something. If, if I see that something's correct that I was wrong about, I can accept it. I think my issue is being vocal about it and saying like, hey, you know, I learned something because of you. I was wrong and I feel like I have to state that sometimes I shut down and I'm like, you're right, but I don't expound on it. And I don't, I guess, give someone like due credit when I'm taught about something. I'm just kind of like, yeah, you're right. Like, and I, and I mean it, you know, I understand that they're correct or something, but I don't really, there's a satisfaction, like when you know that you're right. And like when you've taught someone something and not in the negative way of like, oh, I knew I was right. You know, I knew I was right. And this guy's wrong. And like, "Ah, I'm superior to them, but like, there's another way of, I guess feeling when you've taught someone something and it's okay to, to let them know. Cause what I do is I kind of just shut down and I'm like, yep, you're right. You know, cool. Great. But, um, I think that kind of means a lot to someone when you're able to face them and say like, Hey, I was wrong. And I'm glad that you taught me. And that's kind of what we see between Daja and Polygon. 
Polyam is able to say, hey, you taught me something and I appreciate it. And it was something that I think I needed to learn. And I think that that's uh, something that I can work on personally. Well, at least you're to the next step because I'm still at the first step. Because <laughs> if someone tells me something, I'll think it in my mind that they're right, but I'll keep fighting for the thing that I was saying, even though knowing in my head, I am so wrong, but I'm not going to let them know that I'm wrong. I'm going to keep <laughs> fighting, even though I know I'm wrong. I'll keep going. Like yeah. I can't let them know that I know they're right. <laughs> you you cannot let them know that you know <laughs> that they're right. Exactly. You won't uh, give them the satisfaction. I won't. I won't. So at least you did the second step. I'm still on the first step. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, we, we all got some learning to do. <laughs> we do. Sure do. This is an excerpt from chapter 11 of Daja's book. At first, Daja had ignored the thickening smoke. She was too busy watching the wagons and listening to the rise and fall of trader voices from the road ahead. I'll be glad to see the last of this place, remarked Pollyam after a burst of coughing. The grass fires weren't so bad the last time we came here. Old Yaren is losing his touch. Not to hear him tell of it, replied Daja. Pollyam snorted. Four years ago, six he wouldn't have even let the grasslands burn. He took it as a matter of pride that he could stop any blaze in the valley. Once he accused the cook of giving him the noble's leftovers for midday, he stopped all the fires in the kitchen. Nowhere else, just the kitchen. That's how much control he had. She looked sidelong at Dasha. I hope you and your friends don't go all prideful like that. So many do. Mages, that is. We make too many mistakes to get prideful, Daja assured her. <sighs> Something was bothering her. The exposed skin on her left felt tight and stretched as if... As if I was at the forge and working close to the fire, she realized. As if I was really, really hot. Balancing herself one-handed on Polyam's shoulder, ignoring the woman's protest, she stood on the driver's bench and turned her nose into the wind. It came out of the east, to her left along the worst of the smoke and that feeling of too much heat. She sent her magic out in a widening arc like ripples on a pond. The knowledge of fire roaring out of control smote her chest, making her stagger. This is no time for trick writing, snapped Pollyam. What are you up to? Daja sat. How much farther till we're clear of the woods, she demanded. I don't remember how long this part of the road is. Pollyam, quick. Another three miles, give or take. Why? Pollyam coughed as thick coils of smoke rolled across the sunken road. We'll never make it, Daja realized. We have to go back. There's still time. Go back. Whatever for? Pollyam was barely able to speak for coughing. Daja, cried Sandry's voice in her mind. Make them turn around. The forest is burning. Daja cupped her hands around her mouth. Stop, she yelled at the top of her lungs. Halt. A boy looked back, as did two drivers. When they saw who spoke at them, they turned away. Pollyam, tell them, cried Daja, yanking on the woman's shoulder. Tell them, Pollyanne demanded. Tell them what? The forest is burning, cried Daja. We're riding into it. I knew it. I knew there was going to be a fire. <laughs> See? You knew. I you knew. knew the thing. I you knew, knew what the thing. thing was. I knew the thing.
Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Barbara just wants to love a kitty. <laughs> this big 90-pound pit lab mix just wants to love a kitty. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.